and welcome to the What The Heck podcast, a show that looks at mysteries and the unexplained. I'm your host, Glenn. Every week I look at something unexplained, telling a story or describing it, then look at the theories surrounding it. I won't give you any answers, because I don't know them myself. I'll just give you what you need to decide for yourself. Research is done as academically as possible, and references will be given after the stories. This is a creature feature episode, and it's a folklore episode this week. And today, we're looking at a creature that's said to warn families of an impending death. It's the Banshee. It's a cold, dark night in Ireland. A family has their fire going to warm themselves up and are having a pleasant evening together. In a lull in the conversation, they hear a sound from outside. A crying wail that causes them all to freeze. They know what's coming, but they also know there's nothing they can do about it. The Banshee has come to warn them and it's set in stone. The first accounts of the Banshee can be dated back as far as 1380 and mentions of the creature can even be found in Norman literature from the time. There are tales of a similar creature in Scotland and Wales. They are known as predictors of death and can appear to predict the death of anyone. They have been known to predict the deaths of people who are about to enter a situation where they would be unlikely to come out alive. The death of a family member or the death of the person hearing the creature. Before we go too far into the lore of the Banshee, we need to look at what they actually are. In video games and Dungeons and Dragons, they're creatures of the undead, malevolent spirits designed to warn a person of their impending death. But is that what they really are? They're exactly that, but they're also so much more. They're ghosts, demons and fairies all at the same time. Irish folklore explains that the Banshee is believed to be a remnant of the Tua de Danann, the old gods of Ireland. I briefly mentioned them in Creature Feature 23 while talking about giants. The Tua de Danann fought the Milesians, settlers from the Iberian Peninsula, which would have been Spain at that time. The Milesians won the war, invading Ireland and forcing the Tua de Danann underground. Each member of the Pantheon took up residence in a mound or a hill known as a she. They became known as the Aishi, which translates to people of the hills, and lost their godly status and were relegated as fairies. The Banshee was among them. However, it's not exactly a physical presence. D.R. McAnally Jr. said in his book, Irish Wonders, that the Banshee was a disembodied soul, strongly attached to a family. This attachment can be through love or hatred. He says that they watch the families, either choosing to soften or aggravate the sorrows of an approaching death. This completely strips away the folklore and connection to the Tua de Danann. Their spirit form isn't related to their fairy ancestry, but they are in fact the ghosts of deceased family members. Even still, the Irish name, Ban Shi, 
which still sounds eerily similar to their anglicised name of Banshee, links them back to the Tuatha de Danann. Banshee translates to either Woman of the Hills or Woman of the Fairies, depending on where you look for the information. It can also be seen to translate as the Female Fairy, the Woman of Peace, the Lady of Death, the Angel of Death, the White Lady of Sorrow, the Nymph of Air, and the Spirit of Air, depending on which scholars are translating it. Historian Peter Beresford Ellis confirms the Banshee's connection to fairies, saying that when the Tua de Danan were forced underground and became fairies, the Banshee were fairies that attached to families to warn them of approaching death. Banshee are believed to be attached to a select number of families, specifically the major Irish families. The O'Neills, O'Connors, O'Briens, O'Grady's and the Kavanaghs are usually mentioned, although sometimes families are added and taken away based on who is telling the story of the Banshee. This list of names and its changing amount makes it quite difficult to pinpoint stories of the Banshee but I have managed to find some legends and sightings of the Banshee. The first in our list is Evel, the first Banshee. She was Queen of the She in the province of Munster and guiding spirit to the Dalcassians, the clan that eventually became the O'Brien's. Evel played a magical harp that worked in the same way as the Banshee's wail. Hearing the sound of the harp, would signify that death itself was in your shadow. Cúchulainn, a legendary hero of Irish legend, once heard her harp in battle and knew his life was almost over. The last time Evel appeared was to Brian Boru, the patriarch of the O'Brien clan at the Battle of Clontarf. Next we have Cleveland, the Queen of the Banshees. Cleveland was a Tua de Danan from Cork who lost her mortal lover to an ocean wave. The tide at Glandor Harbour is still known as Cleveland's Wave. She was a portent of death for the old Irish families of Munster and was said to be a fierce rival to Evel at one point, even casting a spell that turned her into a white cat. In 1642, Lady Fanshawe was the guest of the O'Brien family, who owned Bunratty Castle, located in County Clare. In the middle of the night, she was woken up to see a figure in the moonlight. She had to do a double take, and on the second look, she realised that the figure was outside the window, and she was staying on one of the upper storeys. The only thing below the window was a river. Lady Fanshawe was frozen in fear, listening to the creature moaning in despair. She knew what the creature was, and it terrified her. The next morning, she was told that a member of the family had died in the night. It's believed that the Banshee of Bunratty Castle is the spirit of a drowned servant girl. Out in Randallstown, County Antrim, stands Shane's Castle. It has been the home of the O'Neill family for centuries. The banshee connected to the family is an ancestor called Kathleen O'Neill. She is said to return to the castle whenever a family death is imminent. 
She also drowned, and it's said that her death was the fault of her father. He had been out hunting one day and found a white heifer caught in a sacred whitethorn tree. Ignoring any warnings of retribution, he freed the cow. When he returned home, he discovered that Kathleen had been taken to the bottom of Loch Ney because of his sacrilege. Her room remains in the castle for her to visit whenever she returns to warn of a family death. This next one sort of brings Christianity into the mix, which is odd, but not wholly unexpected. Irish folklore wasn't dropped when Christianity took the country. In 1776, a family were passing the old church of Kilchrist in County Clare after an evening out. In the dusk of the day, they were startled by a figure in front of them, clapping and wailing in an odd way. As the women began to scream, the men rushed to stop the figure, only to find that it had disappeared. The next day, the family learned that a family member had passed away in Dublin. In Corrifin, County Galway, a workhouse had opened in the mid-19th century. It had been built to house 500 inmates, but at its peak, it held almost 5,000. Unlike most banshees, and altogether unheard of previously, it was said that a banshee was attached to the building. This is a complete separation of the original folklore, which says that the banshee is connected to specific families. The workhouse banshee is said to have appeared at a crossroads near the building, wailing to warn that an inmate in the workhouse was about to die. In County Carlow, the Duckett family home, Duckett's Grove, is haunted by a banshee of vengeance, brought about by a curse on the Duckett family. The curse was cast by the grieving mother of a young girl who was having an affair with William Duckett. The girl died after falling from a horse whilst on the estate. The curse was cast to bring about financial ruin, despair and death and brought about the banshee. She can be heard wailing from the towers of the grove for two days and nights before the imminent death of a member of the family or a worker on the grounds. This one isn't exactly a banshee, but holds one. The Banshee Stone of Mullag Duff lies in County Donegal. The story goes that a young couple had been living a happy life before the man died at sea whilst fishing just off the coast. The young widow was distraught and clung to a rock, wailing from morning to night, crying out for her lost love. Her grief was so strong that she felt a madness and ultimately became a banshee. As a banshee, her wail was so piercing that she woke the dead in Donegal. Eventually, the parish priest stepped in, blessing her and killing her. The priest declared her a lost soul and ordered her to be buried under a rock to prevent her from rising again. This story leans heavily into the undead aspect of banshee folklore, but shows just how powerful they can be. Legend has it that if you visit the Banshee Stone and put your ear to it, you can hear her scream still. Out in County Clare, a stream known as the Banshee's Brook can be found. During a dry spell, iron will rise from the riverbed 
turning it a deep red colour. When that happens, anyone living nearby becomes alert for the cries of the Banshee. It's believed that a whole host of them can be heard flying through the night after the waters turn red. The Banshee host would stay in the area for days until the waters returned to normal and a death occurred in the community. The Banshee aren't only seen in rural areas either. Down near Dublin Port, in the capital of the Republic of Ireland, there's a place called East Wall. In 1941, during World War II, Dublin had been placed on high alert and the streets were deserted and quiet. A local doctor had been called to the house of a very sick man and knew he would be there for most of the night. Because she was nervous, because she was so nervous, the doctor's wife had taken their children to North Strand to stay at her mother's house. That night, the doctor heard a wailing through the open window of the sick man's house. He continued to work, believing it to be the warning of the death of the sick man. But the sick man's wife began to cry out. She was calling for the banshee to leave her husband alone, pleading her not to take the sick man's life. She began to throw holy water around the room to ward the banshee off. The cries eventually stopped and the sick man stabilised. The doctor told the sick man's wife that she had only heard a cat crying in the night. He returned home in the dark of the morning and heard a metallic clang near him. Looking around, he found a metal comb on the ground. The comb is the symbol of the banshee. He shrugged and carried on. When he got to his front door, he stopped. Someone was sat on his doorstep, wailing and combing their long matted hair. They pointed one finger at the doctor and a loud buzzing air, uh, filled the air. He looked to the sky as three bombers passed overhead and when the doctor looked back to his doorstep, the person was gone. A few seconds later, the sky lit up as the bombs dropped. North Strand had been bombed and the doctor's family was killed in the attack. All of these stories take place in Ireland. But after a lot of Irish people moved to the US, stories of the creature have been cropping up there. I won't go into those, but based on the content of them, it seems that the Banshee isn't stopped by such an immense body of water like the Atlantic Ocean. I've told you about the Banshee now, but if you've never heard of it before, you won't know what it looks like. So let's dive into that. The Banshee is a remnant of the old Irish gods, a creature that keens for the death of a family member. What does it look like and what can it do? The Banshee comes in three different forms, depending on who's looking at it. They will always have long hair, either a silvery colour or a blazing red colour. Sometimes they're seen combing that hair. Depending on how they wish to appear, they may appear as three different kinds of women. The Banshee is always a woman, and there are no accounts of it being a man. The most common form of the Banshee is the crone. In this form, 
they appear as an old hag, usually sat or crouchy. They have awfully wrinkled faces, which are sometimes covered with a veil. Usually in this form, she is dressed in rags and looks like she lives in squalor. Her second form is the matron, statelier than the crone. In this form, they are seen wearing gowns, usually from a far distance. Not much is known about this form or why they are seen this way. The third form is the maiden. In this form, they're more mischievous. They're known to lure people out for some reason, but that's not known. They look like young women in this form, but the reason for that is also unknown. In some stories, the Banshee is said to be the spirit of a murdered woman, a woman who died in childbirth, or even a woman who drowned. It's quite difficult to pinpoint what they actually look like as well, since some even think that they're able to take the form of any of these people. Sometimes they appear in thick fogs, which would make it even more difficult to describe what they look like. The most important part of the Banshee is its whale, but even that has multiple descriptions based on where they're seen. In Leinster, their cry is so shrill that it can shatter glass. Further north in Tyrone, it's said that the cry sounds like two boards being struck together. And in the west, in Kerry, their cry is described as a low, pleasant singing. Regardless of the, what the cry sounds like, it's well known that it can be heard over great distances. Now we know what they look like. What are the theories on what they might be? The Banshee is known to be an omen of death and we've looked at where people have seen and heard them and what they look and sound like. But what do people think they might be? The first theory today is that they may actually be barn owls. Although rather small in size, they have a haunting screech that could easily be mistaken for a wailing moan. The owls themselves are usually white, but can also have light brown in their colouring. So it makes sense that on a dark night, they could be seen and people would think they're actually spirits and fairies that are lamenting a death from miles away. What is strange, though, is that the barn owl appears all over the world. So why haven't we got banshee stories from everywhere instead of just Ireland? That doesn't make sense to me. An interesting thing about the cry of the banshee is that it's related to keening. Keening was a mourning practice in Ireland that existed well into the early modern era. It's similar to chanting, but is only performed in a strained, nasally sounding voice to make it sound like a distraught woman crying. Keeners at work would punctuate the melody with bouts of loud weeping and sometimes fall into moments of silence. It's incredibly easy to see where the banshee's cry came from. This is important, bear with me. According to legend, Keening was invented by Bridget, the Irish goddess of poetry and fertility. She was the daughter of the Dagda, the father of the gods, and holds an exalted position among the Tuatha Dé Danann, 
She's so important that one of the four major Irish Celtic holidays in bulk is held in her honour. In ancient times, people believed that she would visit people's homes and bless their hearths, leaving her footprints in the ashes. The creator of Keening made house visits as well, which sounds like the Banshee, except it's different. Bridget herself was a protector of life and blessed houses. The Banshee haunts hearths and brings death. They're opposite and potentially joined. When Bridget's son fell in battle, she keened for the first time as her heart broke. It's possible that the Banshee was born from that moment, out of that sorrow. It's also possible that the Banshee exists through the Milesians and their winning of the conquest of Ireland. With the Tua de Danan being thrown into their she, it's possible that their godly powers were corrupted, as it were, and the Banshee comes from the corruption of Bridget and her keening and her protection of life, making it the opposite of what it was originally when she had godly status. There doesn't seem to be any other theories or possibilities of what the Banshee is, and most will never hear the wail of one. However, if you hear a strange keening wail on a misty night, it might be wise to check in with family members. It could be a Banshee. The story and descriptions from this episode came from an Irish Post article called Exploring Irish Mythology, The Banshee. An Irish Myths article called What is a Banshee? The Mythic Origins of Ireland's Most Infamous Female Spirit. A Claddagh Design Post called Ireland's Best Known Spirit, The Banshee. And a Spooky Isles article called 10 Scariest Banshee Hauntings in Ireland. The theories from this episode came from the Irish Myths article and a Wired article called Fantastically Wrong, The Surprising Truth Behind the Horrifying Banshee. References for the episode and links to studies will be posted on social media for you to look at. Social media links are available using the link in the episode description. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and do still plan to post short pieces of episodes on TikTok as well as putting the episodes on YouTube but that will involve me getting some time to plan that properly. I have a Patreon but I'm still deciding what to post on it this season. There's a £3 tier if you want to support me anyway. The link to the Patreon is also on the link tree and as before you're welcome to pledge more than £3 a month and I'll find something extra special for the people that do. My email address is also in the episode description if you want to send me spooky stories, unexplained events or even mysteries you want me to look at. If I get enough, I'll set up some listener episodes to read them. Please don't hesitate to email me if you have any corrections or issues with things that I've said. Once I've seen the email, I'll make sure to correct myself. The next episode will be out on Wednesday and next week's creature feature will be out on Saturday, December 24th. Yes, I realise that's Christmas Eve, so it will be a Christmas episode. It's still going to come out next week anyway, so hold on until then.
Thank you.